Hello, 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 and welcome back to the bonus part of today's FYI, where we're looking at sugary soft drinks. ¿Conocéis cuando decimos algo que es un poco trabalenguas? When we say something that's a bit of a tongue twister, we say, say that five times fast. <laughs> and uh, if you try it, sugary soft drinks, sugary soft drinks, see, I couldn't even do it twice. <laughs> So it's it's a funny idiomatic expression that means uh, no es fácil decirlo. It's not easy to say. Well, I hope you're enjoying our look into soft drinks. I hope we're quenching your thirst for knowledge. Now, remember, we talked about the word to quench your thirst. But remember, it's not only when you're thirsty, but it's also if you're thirsty for knowledge or if you're hungry for knowledge, sabiduría. So that's what we try and do here on FYI every week. Quench your thirst for knowledge. And be careful with the pronunciation. It's not knowledge, which I understand why many students mispronounce it, because the verb is to know. But uh, the, the word knowledge is ah, knowledge. So I know a lot. I have a lot of knowledge. It's like the word south and southern. Sometimes when we add a prefix or a suffix, it changes the pronunciation of the vowel. And be careful with that one as well, because uh, un vocal, we don't say a vocal, we say a vowel in English. To be vocal means to be very outspoken. It means you don't hide your opinion. So I promised you guys I was going to tell you about a Spanish soft drink that preceded Pemberton's French wine cola, the original Coca-Cola. And this was a Spanish drink called cola Coca. Now, this cola was spelt with a K, and many times you'll see when you look at these old bottles and these companies, because as I said before, uh, cola companies were popping up all over the place, and a lot of them were direct imitations or ripoffs of Coca Cola or Pepsi because they saw that it was a very lucrative business and people were drinking this stuff up, pun intended. So, this Cola Coca was presented at a contest, uh, a contest is un concurso, in Philly. Philly is another way to say Philadelphia. And this was in 1885. So if you were paying attention before, that's a year before the official birth of Coca-Cola. Which, remember, in the States, we don't say, dame una Coca-Cola. We'll say, I'll have a Coke, please. We call it a Coke. Absolutely. Yeah, it's weird because you can say Coca-Cola, but nobody really does. They say, I'll have a Coke, please, or a Pepsi. We don't say Pepsi-Cola or Coca-Cola. So can you believe that? There was Spain. Spain was a way ahead of the game. They were ahead of their time. But uh, what happened was, what well, what happened with many of the competitors and many of the other companies that were popping up, Coca-Cola bought the rights to that Spanish drink. And that was in 1953. So not until almost 60 or 70 years later did Coca-Cola say, okay, you guys might have been first, but how about if we buy that from you and, you know, we keep it. Now it's our trademark. It's our recipe. And there's something we didn't talk about either. Coca-Cola has always maintained that their recipe is secret, su receta, that you can't know what's in it. But uh, there are articles, you guys can find articles where people analyze it. And when I say people, I mean, you know, scientists, people in a laboratory who say, okay, well, it's got citric acid, it's got sugar, it's got, <laughs> you know, 
these days, it's pretty easy to be able to tell what's in something and to break it down, desglosarlo, ¿no? To break down, piénsalo, romper en trozos más pequeños. It makes sense. So, yeah, th there's a, a good trivia question for you guys. Uh, where was the original Coca-Cola or the original cola? Because when we refer to a drink that is cola that's not Pepsi or Coke, we call it cola. But a lot of times when you go to a restaurant, you'll either say, give me a Coke or a Pepsi. And they're going to give you whichever one they have because usually it's one or the other. Think about this, McDonald's, Mickey D's. You say McDonald's, we say McDonald's. McDonald's, or as we lovingly call it, Mickey D's. What do they sell? Coca-Cola. And Burger King? Pepsi. See, that war has even spilled into the fast food industry. And there are people who say that the best Coca-Cola is the one you get at McDonald's from their soda fountain. And I didn't believe this before. I remember a friend of mine in New York saying, Coke tastes different in different places. It depends where it's bottled. And I said, that's ridiculous. It's like water. It kind of tastes the same wherever. And she said, no, it doesn't. Does New York water taste the same as Madrid water? Well, what do you think they use in Madrid to make Coca-Cola? Madrid water. And what do they use in Philadelphia? The water in Philadelphia. So, of course, every Coke has a different flavor, especially if you're just selling the syrup, which in many cases is done in the United States. As you guys know, we don't sell so many cans or bottles in restaurants. That's something that surprised me when I moved to Spain. You know, we have soda guns or soda fountains, and... One of the reasons is it's cheaper. You don't have to send bottles and cans, and also you get free refills. In many places in the United States, when you, uh, when you order, order es pedir, you can say to ask for, but es más común decir to order in un restaurante. And I've got to be honest, you know, I, I've had Coke at a restaurant where I'm like, this tastes nothing like Coke. So it, it depends on the soda fountain, it depends on the water, and also it depends on the carbonation. If they're having problems with their carbonation, well, the soda will be flat. We all know that uh, Coke, Pepsi, Sprite, whatever soft drink you have, I mean, if it's flat, flat is sin burbujas, it just doesn't taste the same. So consider yourselves lucky in Spain, because in the United States, it's the luck of the draw. No, es un poco una lotería, we say, the luck of the draw. Eh, la suerte del sorteo sería la traducción literal. You gotta hope that they have a good mix of carbonated water and syrup and that the water tastes good and that the pipes aren't rotten you know all that all these factors and here in spain wherever you order a coke it tastes the same in fact i i remember when i moved here and drinking it out of a bottle it was amazing you don't find a lot of coke Uh, bottles, glass bottles in the United States. It's either sold, as I said, uh, it either comes out of a soda gun or it comes out of uh, a, a bottle. No. Well, when I say a bottle, in this case, I mean a two-liter bottle. Even though it's plastic, we call it a two-liter bottle. But what we don't have, or at least it's not very common, is the glass bottles. And let's be honest, I'm not a big soft drink drinker. Okay, no soy un gran bebedor de refrescos. But there is nothing like drinking a Coke out of a glass bottle. The can's okay. It's better than the soda fountain, but 
it's not the same as a glass bottle. It really tastes better in a glass bottle. So when did Coca-Cola start to bottle their products? Well, I have to say I was very lucky. I've been to the place where this all started. It's in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And those of you, you're all patrons. If you're listening to this, I'll share a photo of my wife drinking this Coca-Cola at the original place where they bottled it. Now, let me tell you about Vicksburg, Mississippi, too. It's a quaint little town with uh, just a lot of history, the Battle of Vicksburg. So you have this battleground there. If you ever go to Vicksburg, Mississippi, there's so much to see, including the first place where they bottled Coca-Cola. And that place is called the Bidenhorn Candy Company. And that was in 1894, March 12th, 1894. The, propi the proprietor or the owner, you can say proprietor or owner. It's more common to say owner because as you can see, proprietor doesn't exactly roll off your tongue. And this guy, Joseph A. Bidenhorn, makes sense if his company's called the Bidenhorn Candy Company. Well, he found these bottles, these bottles, and he said, well, you know what? Uh, this is very popular. What if I put it in these old candy bottles, you know, that I I used to get other sugary substances and and I sell them and distribute them and it worked it worked because people said well okay I'll have a, a coke to go para llevar remember in the United States uh, we say take out the British say take away para llevar and as we said before where did they have soda fountains well, at candy shops. So it was only logical that people, the first company to to take Coke and bottle it. Remember, bottle is botella, but also to bottle is poner en botella. The same way that a can is una lata, pero enlatar is to can. I love it when English is easy like that. So it's, it's no wonder that the first bottling of Coca-Cola happened at a candy store. And those were not the bottles that we're familiar with today. Those popular Coke bottles that, as I said, even a blind person could pick up this iconic bottle and say, this is Coca-Cola. This, There is no imitation. There's a million styles of bottles out there, but there's only one that has that shape. And that was a very smart marketing ploy. This is a good word. The word ploy, a marketing ploy, is una estrategia. You can say a plan or a strategy, but I wanted to teach you the word ploy, P-L-O-Y. And even though you get Pepsi in these nice curvy bottles, you, there's no mistaking a bottle of Coke. You can, I mean, you can see it, you can recognize it anywhere you go, just like their logo. So I would say Coca-Cola were kind of like the original masters of marketing until Pepsi came along and said, two can play that game. And I remember when I realized that Coca-Cola was selling happiness. They were selling magic. They were selling a lifestyle. They were selling energy, not carbonated soft drinks, was when I visited the world of Coca-Cola. If you guys are ever in Atlanta, Georgia, I highly recommend it. Uh, as I said, I'm not a big soft drink guy. It's not my cup of tea. No es lo mío. But 
it was an amazing experience. I remember learning all about the history and seeing all the old ads. That's something I love doing, looking at old commercials and ads and, and seeing how they used to reach people, llegar a, a la gente. And it was a, a fascinating experience, to say the least. And then when you get to the end of the tour, uh, there's like this UFO. Now, I know in Spanish you say UFO or OVNI, but we don't. We say UFO. Decimos las tres letras. And what does UFO stand for? UFO stands for Unidentified Flying Object. And there's this like UFO looking thing and it lets you try all the different Coca-Cola products around the world. And it's unlimited. I mean, until your stomach explodes. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I remember going there and you put your cup on this little stand, un estante, and it, there's a sensor and it shoots the Coca-Cola or the Sprite or whatever the soft drink is through the air and it lands in your cup. And it, I mean, as a kid, I was just blown away. I said, all right, I've never, you know, I've seen Coke poured many times to pour as verter o echar. And, but I've never seen it shot through the air, like as if it were magic and end up in my cup. And then there are all these soda fountains where you could go around and you could try the different products. And as you guys know, Fanta is a Coke product. Now, this is an interesting thing. You guys are pretty lucky in Spain because usually if you guys have something in Spain, we have it in the United States, right? That's how capitalism works. We want that. Okay, buy a lot of it. But there is a product that I have never seen in the United States, and it's one of my favorite. Okay, I said I don't like soft drinks, but there's one soft drink that I think is truly refreshing, and I love it, and that is Fanta, Lemon Fanta. I have never found Lemon Fanta in the United States. I brought some home for my friends when I was a kid, and they were like, this is great. So I don't know why. I guess, you know, they have a whole board, un comité, right, a board that decides on that. But at the same time, I'm thinking, wait, I think Americans would love this. But hey, I guess it never caught on. Uh, they must have their reasons for not bringing Lemon Fanta to the United States. But also remember, we have a million Coke and Pepsi products. We've got Diet Coke, vosotros decís Coca-Cola Light. We've got Coke Zero, caffeine-free, libre de cafeína. Uh, and then you got Sprite, you got Sprite Z. I mean, the list is endless. And what I've heard recently is that Coca-Cola and Pepsi have entered the water business because for the first time in history, Now, I was going to say ever, yeah, in the first time in history, um, water sales have surpassed soft drink sales. So Coca-Cola and Pepsi, not wanting to be left behind, each bought their own water distributor or water company. I believe Pepsi's is Dasani or Coca. I don't know. I, I don't buy bottled water. I drink tap water. But Uh, Coke and Pepsi said, wait, this war is going to continue. Well, it looks like water is joining, uh, you know, joining the battle over here. So what did they do? They decided to get into the water uh, market as well. So now Coke and Pepsi, as well as selling a million other soft drinks, 
They sell water and a lot of it too. I guess people are becoming more health conscious. Más conscientes de su salud. Más sanos. Más saludables. Now, next up, we're going to talk about New Coke. This was a product that came out in 1985. And uh, this is interesting because Coca-Cola, part of their claim to fame, their claim to fame, lo que los, les hizo famoso, was the fact that they didn't change anything. You know, they said, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Si no está roto, no lo arregles, which makes sense. But there was a new CEO. Remember, we don't say Theo, we say CEO. And this guy decided, it was a Cuban guy, de Cuba, and I can't remember his name right now, but I remember when I was researching the episode, reading about it, and he said, we're going to change the formula. And this was unheard of before that, because Coke's whole idea was, we're Coca-Cola, we're an American institution, we're not going to change anything, not our logo, not our bottle, not our formula, nothing. It's all going to stay the same, using that, if it ain't broken, don't fix it philosophy. Well, that all changed on April 23rd, 1985. Coca-Cola changed their original formula, and they came up with a product called New Coke. And they did taste tests. Now, a taste test is una prueba, una cata, right? And it revealed that most customers preferred the taste of new Coke to both Coke and Pepsi. But guess what? It still wasn't enough because people said, wait a second, I don't want this new Coke. I want you know, I don't want it to taste like Pepsi. In fact, Pepsi was having a field day. Ellos les encantó. They said, wait, you just changed the formula so it tastes more like our product? Thanks. And people were upset. People, when I say people, I mean, you know, Coke drinkers all over the world. Even people who didn't drink Coke, they were just, um, they were protesting. Some people went to Washington. They went to Congress and said, we've got to talk to Coca-Cola. We're going to sign petitions. We're going to protest because what are they doing? This is an American institution. You can't change it. And so this was maybe Coca, one of Coca-Cola's biggest blunders. A blunder is a mistake, right? Uh, but there are other people who said it wasn't a blunder. It was one of the most genius marketing strategies or ploys ever. And why? Because people were begging to have their product back. They said, we don't want new Coke. We want the original one. Bring it back now or there are going to be some serious repercussions. And the people spoke. And Coke had to listen because nobody wanted that new product. Everybody wanted Coca-Cola Classic. And that's why to this day, on their logo, on their bottle, it says Coca-Cola Classic. Because they went back to their classic formula. So, I'll ask you guys, what do you think? Do you think that this was a mistake? That they said, okay, well, you know what? Let's change it and let's adapt and try and make it more like Pepsi. Because, as I said before, Pepsi was winning when they did taste tests. And this was another marketing ploy that uh, Pepsi was, uh, they were pioneers in the taste test. And I remember seeing these commercials on TV. They would have taste tests and they would give people Coke and Pepsi. And many times people chose Pepsi. So I don't know if Coke said, okay, we need to be more like Pepsi. Or Coke said, we're going to change our formula just to, just to see how loyal 
people are and how nostalgic they get. And if it was a marketing ploy, it was brilliant because people were so upset. As I said, they protested in the streets. They said, you can't change the formula. You can't change the recipe. And in 1992, they renamed New Coke Coke 2. Uh, they kept it around. I guess they weren't convinced yet, but they went back to Coca-Cola Classic. But in 2002, Coke 2 was discontinued. So uh, there, there are books written on this subject. I'll let you guys be the judge. I mean, I guess Coca-Cola will never admit it if it was a brilliant marketing ploy, but uh, well, Pepsi had a field day. Se lo pasaron en grande because they said, wait, you're changing your product to taste like us, so we win. <laughs> you know, your, your product now tastes more like our product. So uh, I guess we win these cola wars. And I think that's part of the interest around this subject, that these cola wars, they continue. Uh, you see the Super Bowl and you see these, uh, these ads, these commercials that cost millions, you know, Britney Spears with her Pepsi Cola. And it's interesting. It's interesting, even myself, I mean, I don't know very much about marketing, but I think it's fascinating to see how these companies have constantly tried to one-up each other, como dijimos en la otra parte. To, uh, superar, to one-up each other. And I think it's interesting for anybody, even if you don't know anything about business or marketing, just seeing all the different tactics. Uh, as I said before, I told you in the intro too, that they went into space. Yeah, that's right. And that was all sneaky too. In fact, Coca-Cola was the first one to contact the astronauts and say, hey, we designed a bottle that you can bring into space. And Pepsi did the same thing. Once they got wind of it, to get wind of it is enterarse. Once they got wind of it, they said, well, we got to get up there too. And so Coke and Pepsi went to space together. Now, the first one that was actually drunk in space was Coke. By eight hours, Coca-Cola was the first beverage that was drunk in space. The first soft drink that was drunk in space. Remember, it's drink, drank, drunk. In fact, when we look at that, the participle is always the adjective. So, drunk, bebido, right? Uh, olvidado, forgotten. Cogido, taken. So, remember, that third column is not just the past participle, but it's also an adjective. And now, with social media, I mean, this feud, this, it just gets more and more interesting because, of course, they're finding new ways to reach people. Uh, something I forgot to mention before, the reason Santa Claus looks the way he does is thanks to Coca-Cola. They featured Santa Claus in their ads, as well as those polar bears. Remember those polar bears? And remember, in some of their ads, I want you guys to notice this, in some of their ads, you barely see the product. Apenas ves el producto. You're getting a feeling. You're getting music. You're getting a lifestyle. And I remember Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is uh, another soft drink, which is owned by Pepsi. And Mountain Dew was kind of like Red Bull when it came out. Think about that. Red Bull, what are they selling? Are they selling caffeine and energy or are they selling extreme sports and, you know, uh, risk-taking? So 
it's interesting as as a study of of how advertising can affect us and reach us. Uh, one of my favorite things is how uh, life insurance commercials. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I get choked up. Me emociono. They're like, your family is the most important thing, and they play. I mean, they know what music to play in the background to make you feel a certain way. And Coke and Pepsi, these are masters of marketing, as I said in the beginning. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed our look at the Cola Wars. Remember, there are books written on this, documentaries, and the funny and exciting thing is that this war rages on. Sigue. But the good thing is uh, there are no casualties. <laughs> casualties are bajas. Nobody's dying in these wars, uh, but uh, it's getting interesting. And uh, I'm going to grab some popcorn and a soft drink right now and check out a documentary on the Cola Wars. I hope you guys enjoyed this little look into the Cola Wars. Thank you so much for being here on this episode of FYI.